Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. With Radio Gag, I'm Sean Stefanik. And I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. And on this week's show, the Supreme State of Emergency Code Red, we have our legal expert from Moms Demand Action, Barry Graubart. I'm here with Sean Stefanik. We have our in memoriam and we have an update on GAG's latest action, Horrible Holidays, uh, from Herald Square in uh, right here in the heart of Manhattan. So first, our in memoriam. Take it away, Sean. In remembrance of Justin Schilling, 17 years old, December 1st, 2021, Oxford Charter Township, Michigan. Justin Schilling was the fourth victim of the Oxford High School shooting on November 30th, and he died on Wednesday morning in the hospital. According to the school district's website, Schilling was a member of the high school's bowling and golf teams. He worked at Anita's Kitchen, a Lebanese restaurant in Lake Orion location. A family member, Shelley Starr, shared that he was an absolutely amazing, loving, smart kid, a kind soul. Our family is completely devastated and heartbroken. He was taken from us all too soon. The other students killed in the shooting had been previously identified as Hannah St. Juliana, 14, Madison Baldwin, 17, and Tate Meyer, 16. The injured students ranged in age, in age from 14 to 17, officials said, including three who were in critical condition and another who was in serious condition. The only adult who was shot was a 47-year-old teacher who has now since been discharged from the hospital. No one should be afraid to go to school, Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan said in a statement later at a news conference. She then added, I think this is every parent's worst nightmare. We honor you today, Justin Schilling. Thank you, Sean, for reminding us why we march. And I hope all you parents out there are thinking about your children and their futures and how we can make schools and their lives safer. And next up, we have Barry Graubart on how this Supreme Court ruling could potentially affect uh, law enforcement. Good afternoon, everybody. We are here on Radio Gag. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly, and I'm here with Sean Stefanik and Barry Graubart of Moms Demand Action. Barry is the legislative lead in New York for moms. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you for joining us today, Barry. 
Uh, so getting right down to our first question, Barry, on the shooting last week in Oxford, Miss Michigan, why are there suddenly new responses to these shootings, such as the prosecutor arresting the shooter's parents and the families of the victims suing the school? Thanks, Sean. Um, you know, God, that was a horrific, horrific event, horrific shooting. And I really welcome the prosecutor's sort of aggressive response to this shooting. It's a, it's a welcome change. It's, I, I'd love to think this is the new normal, that the pain that we can cause around to, to those who perpetrate the, the crime or support those who commit the crime would be such that it would change behavior. But I, I do think this is in part due to the extreme circumstances in that shooting. Um, you know, the parents' behavior was so egregious, right? They, they bought this 15-year-old a gun for Christmas, you know, this is uh, start there. And then they're using social media. The mom is, you know, tweeting out or sharing, you know, a couple of days before that, posting a photo of she and her son on their way to the gun range, you know, getting ready to go and test out his uh, his Christmas gift and, you know, kind yeah. of making it all just this little game. And and then clearly when in, in the case, in, you know, when the event happened, there were so many things that were done that that show prior prior knowledge or likelihood understanding about what was going to occur i mean from the when that when they brought the parents in because of the teachers concerns and showed them that and the parents were like no no it's not not a big deal and showed them and the parents clearly knew i mean the shock the most shocking thing to me i remember they they said the during the event when it when when the shooting was was publicly known uh, you know that the mother texted the son saying please don't do it and, and she didn't say, oh, my God, please don't, you know, please don't don't harm anyone or please don't use the gun or don't. she said, don't do it. That suggests to me they had talked like she had an idea that this was something he was thinking of doing. And, and saying, don't do it. So I think it was it was so egregious that you couldn't help. You know, the prosecutors had such a strong case, they couldn't not charge the parents in that case. Um, and then when the parents fled. It, it sort of, you know, it, it upped the ante quite a bit. But I, I, I think it's I think it's very different than if you think about most of these cases where uh, and, and we know that, you know, 80 percent of the cases where a, a gun is used by a student in a school, that um, that gun has either come from their home or the home of friends or relatives. Right. So these guns come from home. But. This is very different than, you know, grandpa didn't lock up his gun and the kid took the gun without grandpa knowing and, and, and kind of did it. That's and look, in New York, we have safe storage laws and, and they, they don't in Michigan, but there, there are reasons to have those laws. But this is very different from it. So I think it was unique to that uh, that extent in being able to charge the parents. When it comes to uh, suing the school, I, I think this is also a question of you: know, Can we find ways to, you know, to, to make sure that that these events don't happen, right? That and you know, we, we all know that you know there's the law placa uh, in, in the federal level, congressional bill uh, passed in 1995, give or take, that gave pro, you know, that basically gives protection to gun makers and gun dealers. Uh, for any liability. Now, this year in New York State, 
Zellner Myrie uh, sponsored a bill that passed and has been signed into law that kind of pierces a little bit of that placa shield. So there, are, there is the potential to sue gun dealers and gun makers who act irresponsibly. But for the most part, you've not been able to sue gun makers and gun dealers. And this is a case where there have been, you know, laws put in the books and processes put in the books that every educator, whether you're, uh, you know, a counselor, a principal, a teacher, whatever, you understand the impact of this and how important it is that when the when they did not, you know, when they allowed this student to go back to the class, when they never searched their backpack or required the parents to do it, you know, this there there is an argument that the school is culpable and should have some liability there. So I I think it's a it's a good move. We've seen, you know, again, different creative approaches, but you know, schools have to be putting pressure on legislators to say, hey, we can't afford to allow this to keep happening. We can't, you know, it's, it's, I think back to when Kansas passed a couple of years ago, they passed uh, their open carry laws and their campus carry laws. It says you can, you can carry guns on campus. And they suddenly learned that they had to invest a million dollars in putting uh, you know, um, metal detectors and things into their football stadium because suddenly they'd have students who are allowed to be armed on campus and they don't want them carrying the guns to the game. It, you know, there, there's costs and it should cost them an insurance. It should cost them. There, there's a whole bunch of forces that should come into play where the cost of not taking care here is prohibitive. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio, WBAI. We're here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest on gun violence prevention movement news. Thanks for listening. This is Sarah Lilly on Radio Gag, and we are speaking with Barry Graubart, the New York State legislative lead for Moms Demand Action. Next up, Barry's going to tell us about the upcoming Supreme Court ruling on New York State's right to issue permits for possessions of weapons. Now, could the Supreme Court's upcoming ruling on New York State's criteria and ability for issuing gun permits affect the actions law enforcement can take in preventing gun violence, such as in the recent case in Long Island where guns were seized and the owner held after the individual publicly expressed the wish to go on a rampage. When can we expect a ruling? Sure, so I think that we won't probably won't hear anything on that New York State rifle and pistol versus Gruen case until you know May or June. Um, the case itself doesn't, seem to hold a lot of merit. Uh, there's a lot of holes in it, but as we've seen with abortion and other cases, uh, the current Supreme Court doesn't seem to care about precedent and does tend to act politically. We know that many on the court 
uh, many of the uh, you know the three appointees that uh, the former president made uh, all had a track record of, of being uh, you know pro gun lobby. Uh, so I do worry about that case. Um, you know there are three potential outcomes from that case. So one outcome, the best potential outcome, would be that they had uphold the New York law. And, and, and in this case, again, the law is, is governing whether you're allowed to carry your gun uh, and, and, and who is allowed to carry a gun. Um, we have you know, ranges in, in the way the law is written in New York. It's um, basically a, a, that it says that localities may issue a permit to someone, and that's varies very, very much around the state. If I'm in, you know, the northwestern part of the state in a rural area, and I go and get a gun, per, you know, ask for a gun permit to carry a gun, I probably get that without any issues. In New York City, we know that here it's pretty tight and pretty hard for someone to get that. So, if they uphold the law, everything stays as it is. And New York City and surrounding areas, other cities around the state, and, and you know, Westchester, Long Island, would be able to keep their current laws. Everything I'm hearing, everything we know about the makeup of the court suggests this is probably unlikely. But there were two other outcomes. Uh, the, the worst outcome would be that they completely overturn the New York law, right? So they changed that may issue to shall issue. So if I apply for a permit to carry a gun, unless I am a prohibited purchaser, uh, you know, a felon or some other reason here, basically they ha would have to issue that permit for me. Um, and that's everywhere. That, that means New York City, our, our city becomes completely different than the city we've all grown up in. Uh, it would allow anyone to carry guns at any time. Um, you know, it's, it's everybody becomes Bernard Getz. And, and we, we certainly don't need that. Uh, and you saw that kind of brought out the, in the, some of the in some of the questions where the Supreme Court justices, who likely have not been on a New York City subway, certainly not the ones who were asking the question, have maybe never been on, but certainly have not been on in the last thirty years, are talking about you know what if I feel you know I, I'm traveling home from work at nine o'clock at night and you know and I'm feeling threatened and and whatever you know and, and I should be able to carry a gun, you know we we know the history there and, and we know what that's all about. Um, what I'm hopeful for and what, what I think is, is people feel maybe the most likely outcome would be a narrow ruling that tells New York that its law is not constitutional as written, but that it needs to rewrite the law and would direct circuit courts to kind of reexamine the issue and bring it back up. So what that might mean is there would be a little bit freer permitting process. I know even outside of the city, uh, Rockland County has taken heat because they, they slow walk permits, right? There's, it, it might take two years before a permit application is reviewed. So it might turn around, they say, you can't do that any longer. You have to give an answer within 60 days or something or, or whatever. So it, it might, it, it certainly would run, would, would bring the likelihood of more guns being carried in, in, in New York state, but it would probably allow New York City to maintain some laws that make it less likely for uh, people to be able to carry guns. Now, you know, you raised the question of what the impact might be uh, to law enforcement, right? And we know um, last week in Long Island, there was a case where, you know, someone who was threatening to, you know, do something that would make Pulse look like 
child's player. I don't remember how they described it, but basically was going to be, uh, you know, a, an attack on the LGBTQ community uh, was found, you know, the, the FBI agents searched it and found two loaded shotguns, like hundreds of rounds of ammunition, stun guns, um, a machete, which for those who are fans of this was patterned with the American flag. Um, again, really bizarre use of uh, icons there and, and a DVD that he had that's, that was called Underground, Build Your Own Silencer System, right? So this is someone who obviously had the means and interest in, in carrying out an attack. I don't know what this law, you know, this law basically says if you can legally purchase a gun, you'd be able to carry it. We don't know yet whether this person would be able to legally carry a gun. It is illegal to build your own silencer. Uh, you, you, there's a permit process to get a silencer. Um, this was horrific. I'm thankful that they caught this guy before an event could have occurred. Um, but clearly, we know that, you know, we see in every other state when someone beeps their horn at someone else or too, too much or, or you have some argument over a shopping cart on Black Friday or whatever it is, someone pulls out a gun and people get killed, right? This is, this is just the normal thing that we see over and over across the country. And in New York, that's really rare because people don't have the guns, right? So you get idiots. I mean, I was, I was on the Upper East Side yesterday and I managed to get out before I start to see the uh, kids dressed up for SantaCon. And, uh, you know, and just think about all of those drunken, you know, bros and in, in their 20s and whatever, hitting all the bars. And if they were all carrying guns under that, their, their little Santa costumes, you know, that's what this, if this is completely overturned, that's what this law would allow. It's absolutely frightening because then when you think about that, like, let's talk SantaCon for a, for a second and you think about all those guns and then you just think about any number of barroom brawls that are going to end in a bloodbath. I mean, it's just frightening. I was a bartender for four years of college. I don't remember a single moment in four years where I would where I could think back and say, oh, this would only have turned out better if somebody had a gun. Very sobering advice and thoughts for this mm -hmm. year. Thank you so much, Barry, for being with us again on Radio Gag. We're really leaning on your expertise. And this is Sarah Germain Lilly, Sean Stefanik, and Barry Graubert wishing you all peace on earth and goodwill to humankind here on Radio Gag. Thanks. Sean, what can people do about gun violence? Well, to find out more about working with us, because you can always join us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram or gagnoguns on Twitter. And come to a meeting here in New York. We meet once a month on Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, in Manhattan at, at the LGBT Center on 13th Street and virtually. Our next meeting is December 16th, where we'll be planning all kinds of great actions and protests. Our sign-up is on the uh, website at gazeagainstguns.net. And remember, everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. 
And another great way to get involved is by becoming a WBAI buddy. Now, a WBAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. And really, folks, just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us all on the air here at WBAI to bring you this show every week and for everyone, everybody else to bring their shows and their stories as well. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. And become a buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. Well, we wouldn't be Gays Against Guns if we didn't do actions. We just had an action yesterday in Herald Square in Manhattan. And I am going to play a clip for you with um, Shep Wannan and Vicki Klein on our horrible holidays action in Herald Square. Hi, this is Sarah Jermaine Lilly, and I am here in the East Village with my friends and gag activists, Shep Wannan and Vicki Klein. And uh, what have you been up to today, guys? Well, um, we had a very successful demonstration, um, especially during this holiday season, to remind our fellow Americans that more children die by gun than anything else. And it's a national tragedy. It's worse than any other country in the world. So we had a demonstration that included uh, half a dozen of us carrying small coffins representing the dead children from gun violence. And um, we started Herald Square, wound up in Times Square. And um, we had a few um, people along the sides yelling at us. Like one guy in particular said, I'm from Texas, I believe in the Second Amendment. Or abortion kills more babies than guns all irrelevant, uh, but more details, speak to my colleague, Vicki. It was a very powerful demonstration today. We walked from 35th Street on Broadway um, with a drum playing and um, Paul Barrows. We were carrying small coffins of children that were murdered by gun violence. And um, it was a very solemn demonstration and people stopped and looked and took lots of photographs. Um, yeah, it was very powerful and very moving. And it's very important that we have sensible gun legislation in this country. All right, well, thanks for fighting the good fight and let's celebrate. Thanks for listening and we're back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you now with our fabulous political singing quartet. Sing out, Louise! They're beginning to look a lot less Christian With their walls and bands No more helping my neighbor out That's not what they're all about there's hell to pay if you are gay or trans. They're beginning to look a lot less Christian. Marching for white pride. That's the modern-day GOP. 
the party of Robert E. Lee, Lincoln would have died. I guess that turning your cheek is pathetic and weak and lying all day is okay. Helping the needy is stupid, be greedy, take their health care away. You heard the tape, they're fine with rape, now bow your heads and pray. They're beginning to look a lot less Christian. Just ask Kavanaugh, that do unto others bit, was always a load of sh**. The boys who take now get to make the law. They're beginning to look a lot less Christian. What would Jesus do? I don't think it is in the Psalms. Tell me how people home make bombs. Do they speak for, speak for, speak for you? Thank you, Sean.